Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Jim Garrity is on vacation this week. Alexandra DeSanctis of National Review is in for Jim today. And we have good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives today. But before we get to the official good martini, we've got an even bigger good martini because she's not just Alexandra DeSanctis anymore. She's Alexandra DeSanctis Mar. Alexandra got married last month and... uh, She's already uh, got a month and a half of wedded bliss. So, Alexandra, congratulations. Thanks so much, Greg. It's really pretty exciting and um, grateful to be married to a, a great man. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, when you find the right one, that uh, really makes marriage uh, a fantastic experience. And uh, you were telling me you got married on on May 1st, which, of course, is normally a day reserved for radicals and communists to go parading through the streets. So I'm glad you helped to redeem that day by doing something positive for society. <laughs> we did, and also we're... Um, we're Catholic, and, and in uh, the Catholic faith, it's the feast day of St. Joseph the Worker, so it was a special day for us, and we're kind of glad to reclaim the uh, the spiritual meaning of the day from the secular. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, congratulations, and uh, a lifetime of good wishes to you and your husband. He chose well also, by the way. Uh, let's go on to our official good martini today, and that is coming from a Supreme Court that has a majority that you and I uh, find much relief in. And uh, that comes today in a case of Fulton versus the city of Philadelphia. USA Today writes it this way. The Supreme Court ruled Thursday that a Catholic foster care agency in Philadelphia may turn away gay and lesbian couples as clients, a victory for conservatives, with the potential to shift the balance between LGBTQ rights and the First Amendment's protection of religious exercise. What's really at work here is that the city of Philadelphia froze a contract for adoption services with uh, Catholic Social Services because Catholic Social Services only uh, works with traditionally married couples. They don't work with same-sex couples. Uh, The city of Philadelphia then froze the contract, and the Supreme Court overturned the appellate court ruling on this by a nine-to-nothing ruling today, uh, essentially arguing that you can't force a uh, religious charity to work with same-sex couples, and you can't freeze them out as a result of that either. So how big is the verdict, and how big is the fact that it was unanimous? Yeah, this is a pretty awesome ruling, and I I haven't had a chance to read through as much as I want to um, as of the time we're recording this. But getting a unanimous ruling on something like this is a huge deal. And, you know, even though that means the the ruling is a bit more narrow than us conservatives would like to see, um, it's a big deal when you can get every single Supreme Court justice to affirm that, yes, there is a religious free exercise right to operate your foster care group or your adoption agency uh, in accordance with your faith. That's a, a really big win. Um, and I think some of the concurrences are interesting because they show there's a, a strong consensus on the court um, in favor of an even even stronger, and more robust view of religious freedom than the majority espoused. Well, there is not unanimity on everything here, Alexandra. Here's uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, who wrote the majority opinion. He says that Catholic Social Services, quote, seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else. He goes on to say the refusal of Philadelphia to contract with Catholic Social Services for the provision of foster care services, unless it agrees to certify same-sex couples as foster parents, violates the First Amendment. Uh, Yet, there was a concurring opinion uh, from Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch, and Alito 
says the court has emitted a wisp of a decision that leaves religious liberty in a confused and vulnerable state. Those who count on this court to stand up for the First Amendment have every right to be disappointed, as am I. So uh, what do you know about what other options the court had here? Yeah, I think that's sort of the peril of of going for as big of a majority as you can get is that you often have to compromise um, what would actually be a much stronger ruling in favor of the side that you're you're upholding. Right. So uh, probably they could have gotten a a 6-3 ruling of some sort, maybe even 7-2, kind of giving a more robust vision of what it means to defend religious freedom. Right. The idea that it's not imposing any views on anybody and therefore it's okay is pretty silly. Right. You could just very quickly respond. Well, actually, uh, if your view is that children have to be in a home with a married mother and father, that is imposing on me in my home that doesn't have that, uh, your religious views, and I now can't foster a child from you. So there goes Robert's argument right out of the gate. It's not a very robust vision of religious freedom. I would argue also, I mean, I don't know which of the justices might agree with me on this, but I think religious exemptions in general are kind of a silly way to go about uh, protecting the First Amendment, right? That it's not that uh, religious people need some kind of carve out to go be bigots in private. No, it's that it's not bigoted at all to argue that children deserve to be in a home with a married mother and father, you know, regardless of sexual orientation. This isn't about gay rights at all. It's about children being in a, uh, the home that's best for them. And I guess tangentially about the, uh, sort of the right of the adoption agency or foster care agency to operate in accordance with its Catholic faith. Um, and that none of that really is, is espoused in any re- sort of robust way in the majority opinion. So you do have that that trade off when you go for the unanimous uh, majority. Alexander, before we uh, got on the uh, recording here, you said you expected this decision uh, to come later on towards the end of uh, June, when uh, usually the most high profile decisions come down. What else are you waiting for on this at the end of this term? Honestly, this was the biggest one I had my eye on. I know there are a few others that conservatives are interested in, but in terms of um, kind of social issues, religious freedom, abortion, the things I usually follow. This was really the the star item. So I was definitely expecting this the final week of the term. Well, and it's interesting that this is the one that's uh, getting a lot of attention today. Uh, there's another ruling today that we're going to mention in passing here, and that's that the Affordable Care Act will stand again. It, uh, efforts to overturn it are 0 for 3. This one was brought by uh, a number of states, I believe Texas initially, as well as some uh, individuals, uh, because once the Trump tax cuts from 2017 zeroed out the individual mandate. There's no more tax. There's no more penalty. And John Roberts' convoluted logic for keeping the ACA back in 2012 when it was challenged by a number of states uh, seems to lose its merit. Yet, Texas was tossed out today 7-2 to two, uh, due to a lack of standing. Is this pretty much the end of the line for challenging the ACA in court, you think? I would think so. I mean, it was pretty much a last-ditch effort. I, I think I agree with the ruling as much as I don't like Obamacare. I don't really think that uh, the case that was made, I, I don't think that they had standing. And uh, what was interesting to me is we had to spend the entirety of Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearing with every single Senate Democrat saying that you know Trump was just rushing to put Barrett on the court because he wanted to destroy Obamacare and, and she was single-handedly going to do this because she's some kind of partisan hack who was just there to do Trump's bidding on Obamacare. And of course, she voted with the majority and <laughs> didn't think that Texas and the other states had standing. So I guess that uh, that argument was just a lie all along. Wow. Imagine that. We'll be talking about one of those uh, Democrats on the Judiciary Committee in our bad martini here. But uh, first, a brand new sponsor here on the Three Martini Lunch. And that great new sponsor is the X-Chair. 
There is a newfound appreciation, I think, after more than a year of working from home and uh, just dealing with uh, new routines as a result of the pandemic and other things, uh, that we spend so much time sitting at our desk, whether it's at home or back at the office, the regular old chair is just not going to cut it anymore. And if you're not in an X chair, then the one you've got needs to go. And I got to say, I'm really jealous here. I get to try out a lot of things. Jim gets to try out the X chair, and I can't wait to hear what he thinks of it because this sounds awesome. Awesome. X-Chair's secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to your lower back, but now thanks to their XHMT technology, you can also get heat and massage therapy while sitting at your desk. Alexander, that sounds pretty awesome. It does. So the, the XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to your core. It helps increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy. All perks that can make your experience of working from home or the office perhaps even into a joy. It even has four different massage modes and fast warming heat technology for therapy if you happen to be sore. X Chair is now on sale for $100 off. So go check it out at xchairmartini.com right now. That's the letter X, chair. M-A-R-T-I-N-I dot com or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. So go to xchairmartini.com right now and use the code XWHEELS for free X-Wheel Blade Casters. That's xchairmartini.com. Alexandra, let's move on to our bad martini. And the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee member I alluded to at the end of the good martini is Dick Durbin of Illinois, longtime number two Democrat in the U.S. Senate and a guy who will flip flop like many politicians when the conditions shift. And now that the Democrats have the majority in the U.S. Senate, he thinks the filibuster is an abomination. But of course, a couple of years ago, when President Trump was asking Mitch McConnell to kill the filibuster, he had very different thoughts. Here is Dick Durbin, three years ago, 2018, uh, talking to George Stephanopoulos on ABC's This Week. What about that nuclear option doing away with the filibuster? Well, I can tell you that would be the end of the Senate, as it was originally uh, devised and created going back to our founding fathers. Uh, we have to acknowledge a respect for the minority, and that is what the Senate tries to do in its composition and in its procedure. Now, of course, he has a much different view. Speaking on the Senate floor, Durbin not only thinks the filibuster has to go, he thinks those who are trying to kill it are akin to the guys who stormed the beaches of Normandy. On my flight home and all that weekend, I thought of the young men who stormed the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, running straight into enemy fire, knowing well that they might die to preserve democracy. And many of them did. Now we see the members of the Senate routinely abusing the filibuster because they're afraid to face an unpleasant vote. Alexandra, two things here that uh, are just mind-boggling. First of all, a lot of politicians will shift based on the conditions. Dick Durbin is perhaps the most obvious and obnoxious about it, as, as he just proved right there. Secondly, we've also recently heard how Antifa, because they call themselves anti-fascists, are like the, uh, the troops storming the beaches of Normandy. Can we please get to the point where we don't co-opt the heroes of D-Day to uh, push trivial political points? Yeah, I mean, I find it the entire thing is so frustrating to me. I mean, just hearing whether they're on the right or the left, hearing a politician go from saying one extremely dramatic, stark thing in, in favor of a certain position and then flip flopping and sounding like, you know, he's believed that his entire life and all of our lives depend on it. It's just it's impossible to take seriously. We have the Internet now. You really just can't get away with doing that and expect people to take you seriously. 
but especially if you're going to do it by comparing yourself to, you know, World War II heroes, right, who all sacrificed themselves for the preservation of, you know, all that's good about Western civilization, you're going to compare yourself to that for not only, you know, just taking kind of a trivial political position, but one that I think, you know, arguably attacks everything or many things that are good about the American system, and you're going to you know, compare yourself to American heroes. It's just ridiculous. All right, on to our next uh, wonderful sponsor, and that is My Pillow. Look, I've been talking about My Pillow for uh, I think the last couple of weeks now, and it really is a fantastic pillow. You think one pillow is just the same as the other? It's not. I've been using My Pillow since long before uh, they were a sponsor of the Three Martini Lunch, and I can always tell the difference. As soon as I got it for a birthday or Christmas present from my mother-in-law, I've uh, always used a MyPillow. And when I'm at a hotel or even somewhere else where I, I, I don't have the MyPillow, I can tell the difference. It's not as good if I don't have the MyPillow. And now you can refresh the pillows of every room because the premium MyPillow is at its lowest price ever. So their current offer for a limited time, you can get a queen size premium MyPillow for only $29.98. And a king pillow is only $5 more. The premium pillows never go flat. They'll give you the best night's sleep every night. They're made in the United States, and they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square, enter the promo code MARTINI, or call 800-874-0104. And while you're there, take advantage of the deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets and the new My Slippers. Get your premium MyPillow today for only $29.98, but only with our promo code MARTINI. Call 800-874-0104 or visit MyPillow.com today. All right, Alexandra, on to the crazy martini, and this could have easily been the bad. The Biden administration is out with new guidance from the Department of Education as it relates to Title IX. You have written about these issues a lot, not just as it pertains to biological males identifying as females participating in women's sports and so forth, but uh, the much deeper ramifications of that as well. Your colleague uh, at National Review, Brittany Bernstein, wrote about this uh, guidance that was issued yesterday. She says the Education Department on Wednesday announced that it would expand the definition of the federal civil rights statute banning sex discrimination in federally funded education programs to include gender identity amid a national debate over whether biological males should be allowed to compete in girls' sports. Uh, The department said that discrimination against gay and transgender students is prohibited under the 1972 law that forbids sex-based discrimination in federally funded schools. The move is the latest in a years-long argument over the definition of sex that has now spanned three administrations. The Obama administration initially expanded the definition, writing in a Dear Colleague letter that Title IX sex discrimination prohibition extends to claims of discrimination based on gender identity or failure to conform to stereotypical notions of masculinity or femininity. And so the Trump administration reversed that, and now the Biden administration is taking it back where the Obama administration was. So, Alexandra, what is the significance of this, and how much does this bind public schools and and, and state departments of public education to obey this? The second question is obviously the the most important one. I think it's really hard to say, because the last time we saw this. It was in the, the kind of final days of the Obama presidency. The Dear Colleague letter came out, I think it, it was May 2016, sometime in that very last year of Obama's term, uh, second term. And so we didn't really get to see exactly how how this would play out. Um, you know, what they did, they issued the letter and then the Education Department used it basically to mandate 
that every federally funded school in the country, uh, you know, allow students to use bathrooms, locker rooms, dorm rooms, overnight accommodations on trips, all these sorts of things in accordance with their self-professed gender identity. So all they had to do was say, I, you know, I'm a, a biological man, I, I believe I'm a woman or I'm transgender or vice versa, and they would be permitted to use female-only or male-only spaces according with their gender identity. Uh, required schools to honor or to use students' preferred pronouns if that was something that they expressed a desire for. Um, but these sorts of things didn't really play out because the Trump administration came in and undid this, you know, basically rejected the Obama guidance and said schools can continue to, to deal with these things however they see fit, essentially. Um, so this time, because it's being done so early in the administration, I think we're going to have a chance to see exactly how it will play out. And, and particularly in the realm of athletics, it'll be especially interesting because we've seen so far this year several states pass laws called fairness in girls sports bills that explicitly say students must participate in athletics in accordance with their biological sex. I mean, for obvious reasons, this makes perfect sense. It's not about banning transgender people from sports. It's about basic fairness. Uh, and those are the sorts of policies that are, will be in the crosshairs, um, you know, as the uh, education department enforces this guidance. One of the things I think that has been a positive coming out of the pandemic, and obviously there are many more negatives than positives, but it's that parents are paying a lot more attention to what's going on in their schools because of the distance learning and in some places the critical race theory uh, being forced on students. And now this could be coming, and depending on the district you're in, I'm guessing they'll be more aggressive in some places than others in enforcing this. So with all of these issues kind of coming to a head and parents paying a lot more attention, uh, what do you think the impact of that greater engagement is going to be on, on debates like this? You know, I, I have to think, honestly, that this sort of thing is really a win for conservatives, not that we should look at it in terms of kind of the political advantage. But I do think, you know, uh, probably a, a majority of people tend to think if somebody identifies as the opposite sex or identifies as transgender, they can just kind of go about their business that we shouldn't, you know, obviously, they shouldn't be bullied, they should be you know, protected by the basic civil rights of everybody else, which, of course, I agree with. Uh, but I don't think the average person says like, oh, now also those people must be allowed to you know, compete against my daughter in sports, right? People understand kind of innately the unfairness of a biological male competing against a young woman. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't agree with transgender rights or whatever else, but that's just kind of basically unfair. Or to put a biological male who just says that he identifies as a woman into a female locker room or sleeping in a girl's dorm room, right? These are the sorts of things that that schools have to permit under the, the education department's guidance. I don't think your average parent of a young girl or your average young girl thinks that that's okay. And I don't know how often these sorts of things will actually happen and produce conflicts. But I think, you know, by and large, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, most people kind of get that that's taken it a bit too far. Well, some very good news to start off the day in the in the cultural world and uh, and, and some disturbing news uh, to close it out. But we'll see again uh, where it is uh, enforced and, and how aggressively it's enforced. So, Alexandra, always great to have you with us. And uh, we look forward to the next time. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Greg. Have, have a great day. Alexandra DeSanctis Marr of National Review. And for Jim Garrity today, I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast if you don't already. Tell your friends about us as well. We are very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. They're a huge help to us. Also, you can get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. You can follow us on Twitter as well. There's, of course, at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. And Alexandra is Zan, X-A-N underscore DeSanctus. And uh, please have a great Thursday and join us again on Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch.
We are living in difficult times where people fear having thought-provoking conversations about pressing issues. And although we're in the midst of an information explosion, there are a lot of forces aiming to distort what's true. I created The Bill Walton Show to provide a forum for in-depth, thought-provoking conversations with leaders, artists, entrepreneurs, and thinkers. Please join me at thebillwaltonshow.com to explore what's true, what's right, and what's next.